0: Right. Well, good morning, church. How are we all doing? We good? Are we awake? Yes, that's what I love. Church is in a live place, so we're allowed to have some energy and fun in church. Um, but I just want to start with a few thank yous as well. Um, thank you, church, for allowing us to come in and um, be a part of your family today. It's an honour and a privilege for us to come into your space, into your church, and be a part of what you do here. So thank you. Um, and I know Lincoln and Emma aren't here, but I know Limitless, Kaitaya are here, and your youth leaders are here, and I want to honor you guys as well. You guys are doing an incredible job, and what you do inspires us um, out west, out, our Limitless campus out west as well. So keep it up. God is moving, and I know 2020 is going to be an amazing um, year for you guys. And Pastor Paul and Sally-Ann, on behalf from behalf of myself and our team, thank you. Thank you for your hospitality. Thank you for letting us use your toilet paper and your coffee and your sugar and all the things we forgot. We honestly, we honor you and thank you for your wisdom and your heart and You're open, your open door's always there, and we we are blessed um, through you guys and what you do, so thank you so much. Um, Well, Church, uh, this is my first time speaking up here, so I do have some photos, so you can know me a little bit um, better. Um, So this is my family, if those photos are ready. It's my family, I'm the youngest of of three, and I have three nieces and a nephew, and my family know that they are are my favourites, and recently we just got a puppy, so I'm making sure everyone sees him. His name is Archie, and he is the love of my life. He's great and a very, very cool dog. And then the rest of my family are these guys. Um, This is our Limitless Uprising family. So this is Kaitaia, Whangarei, City, and West coming together. Um, And like Pastor Paul said, um, I help lead Limitless youth. And so Limitless is a big part of who I am. I love it and I hate it all at the same time, but it's amazing and it's great and what an awesome journey at the moment. But in prep for this message, I was like, man, God, what do you want to say to the church this morning? You know, it's the last Sunday of 2019. What's the word and season that you have for them? And God just put on my heart a word that has been a staple for me this year, and that word is simply hope. In Hebrews 6, verse 19, it says, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul Firm and secure. And for me this year, what that's what that has meant is even when things have been crazy, even when I haven't always understood what's happening or why things have happened why things are happening, I've known that God's faithfulness and his promises never change. They always stand. Even if circumstances and situations change, he doesn't. And what he says always stands true. And this morning I feel like God wants to speak. Hope. Into to you guys this morning, hope into your situation, maybe it's in the dry areas of your life, or it's in the boring areas, or it's, you know, we can come to church week in and week out, but we don't see anything change. And I believe that God wants to bring hope into the situations that you want to see change in this year. But sometimes in order to do that, we can't take some, we can't, we've got to leave some things behind. We can't take them into 2020. So this isn't my message, this is just a word, but I'm going to tell a story to illustrate it. So last year, um, myself and a few others, and they're actually with us in this team as well, we went to Romania in Europe on a, on a missions trip. And part of our trip meant we had to catch a train to our next destination. And there are a couple of girls in our team that didn't bring the most user-friendly luggage to be travelling Europe with. So in other words, it was massive, and it was oversized, and it weighed a ton. And being young people, we were running late for our train, but we were lugging these massive suitcases and we were trying to run and sprint, but they were really heavy and as a team, we were taking turns at running with them to try speed ourselves up. We took turns running ahead. I don't know what we were gonna do if we got there. We're trying to hold the train for four people, but I don't know. We thought it was a good idea, but eventually we got there, but we'd missed the train. And then it became a very expensive day and a very quiet train trip when we caught the next one. But what God taught me in that that, that scenario is that sometimes we carry things, we're carrying emotional and spiritual um, and mental baggage that we don't need to carry and it weighs us down. And this morning God's like, I want to help you get rid of that baggage so that in 2020 you walk lighter and you walk freer. And bring in hope that you guys know that God, what God can do in you and what God can do through you. Um, So we'll just pray this morning. Lord, I thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you that we can gather as family. Lord, I thank you that we can come to your word and learn and grow and be encouraged. And so this morning, Holy Spirit, I pray would you speak through me. I pray would you speak into situations. God, I pray when we have open hearts to hear your voice and hear what what you're saying to us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. All right. So I've titled this morning's message 9 to 5, um, and we are going to read from the book of Acts, chapter 3, verse 1 to 10. So if you have your Bibles or your phones, you can follow, you can um, follow on the screen, or you can just listen to my voice. So Acts, chapter 3, verse 1. Perfect. All right. It says, one day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. See, with Christmas just gone and New Year's around the corner, it begins to be that time of year where we make big decisions about our life, like I do. We set goals. We set financial goals, spiritual goals, relationship goals. We say we're going to be different this year, you know, change is here. And if we don't set them here, then our birthdays can be those big milestones that we tell ourselves things are going to be different, or it might be the start of a new month. And we've all heard the famous, you know, I'll start Monday. But my question this morning is, what's wrong with starting today? What's wrong with starting right here, with the right here and right now? And too often, this mindset comes into us spiritually as well. We think we need to wait for an event before something happens. We may wait for a youth camp to have an encounter with God, or our conference, or even our Sunday service but what I love about this passage and this story is it tells us that the Holy, Mo- Holy Spirit moves in the day-to-day, in the nine to five. And, you know, as a church, we're on this journey of learning more and more about the Holy Spirit, and we're expecting to see, see Him move more and more. But the Holy Spirit isn't just present in a Sunday service or at Limitless on a Friday night. You don't just have, a- have an encounter with God at camp or receive your healing at a conference. As much as things These things are great and they do happen. But the story tells us that miracles and change and breakthroughs happen in the boring, mundane nine to five. We don't need a one off event or wait for that New Year moment to see a move of the Holy Spirit. We can see it happen in our everyday. And I'm not sure what your 2019 has been for you. It may have been an amazing year, it may have been a hard year, or maybe it's been a year filled with ups and with downs. But no matter where you're sitting as we enter a new year, my heart is that you wouldn't be discouraged by the season that you're in. But you'll see it as an opportunity for God to move in you or through you. And maybe this morning as you sit here, you're in the position of needing a miracle or a breakthrough, an answer to a situation. And we're gonna take a moment to look from the perspective of the beggar in the story. And verse two tells us that his action of going outside the temple to beg was what he did every day. It wasn't out of the ordinary or something special, but something that he did daily. It was part of his nine to five regular routine. And I've heard this passage a few times and I've heard it preached on as well. And but as I read this a few weeks ago, something different stood out for me which I hadn't taken much notice of before. And the verse says, its wording is, as he was being carried. It doesn't say as he was sitting outside the temple, but as he was being carried. See, he was on the journey of getting there. The beggar received his miracle as he was moving through his normal daily routine. And the first thing I want to learn from the beggar this morning is that the Holy Spirit moves as we move. And the thing I love about it is that he hadn't even reached his destination. He wasn't even there yet. He was on a journey, but God intervened with a life-changing miracle as he went about his normal day. And too often, I think we get caught up in thinking we have to have it all together. It, or our lives all together before God will, will give us our miracle. You know, we think we have to have that part of our life sorted before God will bless me, or I have to act a certain way or reach a certain point. But that's not how our God works. God will move in the messiest, most impossible areas of our, of our lives. As we keep moving, as we move throughout our normal day, God will meet us exactly where we're at. And sometimes, like this beggar, there will be seasons in our lives where we will need people to journey with us, to help carry us. We will need support through a time of need or as we, that waiting period for our miracle. And you know what? It's okay. God gave us people, God gave us community, God gave us family for a reason. And that's, and we've said it before this morning, but that's, why I lo- that's what I love about this church. You walk in and you already feel like you're in the family. You already walk in and you already feel like you're a part of a community. And like people, carried the beggar towards the temple. If you Can I encourage you this morning, if you're in the season of needing a miracle or a breakthrough of the Holy Spirit to move, can I encourage you to get people around you who are carrying you spiritually and emotionally towards Jesus? Because it doesn't matter how you move. It doesn't matter how many people it takes to make you move. Just keep moving towards Him, little by little, and the Holy Spirit will move. And the second thing we can learn from the beggar this morning is to ask, and ask with expectation. What's the miracle you need, the answer you need? As you drive to work, to school, to the supermarket, what are you asking God for? And are you expecting to get something from Him? See, verse 5 tells us that He expected to get something from the disciples, and He gave them His full attention. He expected to receive something when He asked for it. And this morning, does God have your full attention? Just like the disciples said to the beggar, Look at me, I feel like God is saying the same to us. When we're in need of that miracle, sometimes we get caught looking everywhere else but God. And He's saying, Would you look at me? And this year, I've been, where's a church? We're strong in prayer. And this morning, I've been ch- ch- challenged in my own prayer life. If they're thinking, when I pray, am I actually believing or expecting to get an answer, or do I just pray because I know that's what I should be doing? And even in worship, when I worship, am I giving God my full attention, or am I thinking about what I'm going to have for morning tea, or what, what the other things on my to-do list are that day? Expect God to move through your daily nine to five when you ask Him to come into it. If you need a miracle in your family, in your school, in your work, in your personal life, Ask Him as you go about your day and and expect to receive something. And sometimes it can be easier to hold out for that one-off big event to see God move, to hold out for the camp, for church, for the conference. Why? Because that doesn't require us to be consistent. That just requires us to show up. But if we turn up day after day, week after week, and continue to be persistent and never give up on your miracle, it will happen the beggar turned up every day expecting something. He was, expectant, sorry, he was persistent in his expectation. Even though he was expecting money and he would have been satisfied if the disciples had given him that, the Holy Spirit gave him something far more valuable. He gave him his healing. And as you move towards Jesus in the everyday, he will come. And I guarantee you he'll most likely exceed your expectation. It's not about the big event at the end. It's about the small movements throughout your daily routine where God can move the most. And we all know seasons change, and sometimes we're in a hard season, but sometimes we're in a good season where life seems to be going okay. And this morning, perhaps the season you're in isn't the one in where we're in need of a miracle but maybe you're in a place where you could could be someone's miracle. You can be the vessel the Holy Spirit flows through to bring healing and breakthrough in someone's life. Um, Last year, after we went on this mission trip, I was lucky enough to do some of my own traveling. And I had landed in a country called Portugal. And it was like, like, yeah, is someone from Portugal? Ah, yes, it's a beautiful country. Um, And I'd got there, but it was like 1230 in midnight morning and I was traveling on my own and I got out of the plane and walked through the airport and there was no info desk or help desk because everyone's gone home and I was like, okay, so I walked out and the public services weren't working, so there's no train No subway, no bus, and no one around me spoke any English. And so I was like, and when you're traveling on your own, you're kind of wary of who you let on, that you're traveling on your own too. So I kind of just stood there being like, okay, God, what do I do? So taxis are too expensive, so I tried to get an Uber. And I tried twice, but I missed them both because I couldn't read the directions because it's not in English. And I suck at directions on Google Maps and I couldn't work out where I was asking me to meet them, so I missed both of them. So then I just sat down on a bus stop and I was like, don't cry, don't cry, because now it's like 1 a.m., and I was like, God, what do I do? So I tried an Uber one more time, and I managed to connect this with this one. So I hopped in the Uber. The guy spoke Portuguese, and I spoke English, so we had no conversation. But I managed to show him where I needed to be. So he drove me along, and he took me as far as he could before it turns into like cobblestones, and the car can't go down. But he's very adamant that he wants to make sure I knew he knew where I was going. So he got out and he showed me, and he goes that way, that way, straight, that way. And I was like, okay. And there happened to be a rubbish man like taking out the rubbish. So he checks with him too. And he goes, yes, right, straight, just straight. And I was like, okay, thank you. So I put on my backpack, carry my luggage. And at this point I had a gift bag because it was the end of my trip. So I had gifts for on back home. And I started my walk down and I'd been walking for hours ages, like, well, about ages, like half an hour, and now it's like 2am in the morning in the middle of this European city, and there are interesting people now coming onto the street, and I was like, oh, I shouldn't be here, and I couldn't read again the maps on my phone, because I suck, and it wasn't picking up where I was, and I was like, God, you need to bring me someone so I know where I'm going, and then this lady happened to come out of a restaurant, so I ran to her, and I tried to show her, again, no English, but she could, she was like to me, no, no, back, back, and I was like, Back the way I came? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, my life. So I turned around and started heading on this big walk back. And by this time, I wanted to throw the gift bag in the bin. I was like, no one's getting gifts. And I was tired and hungry and grumpy. And eventually, I ended back right where I had started, right where the taxi or the Uber had dropped me off initially. And I happened to look up and I was like, oh, like moaning. And as I looked up, I saw the sign for my hostel. And it was right in front of me the whole time, right where I had been. And I was like, man, I, was, I think I was too relieved to be mad, mad. But too often we can find ourselves following the world's or people's directions or opinions of our life because we think our life has to look a certain way before God can use us. You know, we think when we have life sorted, then God can use me. When I'm married, when I have a full-time job, when I've been on a missions trip, when I get a confirmation from God that this is where I should be or where I should be going, But instead, God says, I already have you where I need you to be. I can use you right here in this job, this school, this supermarket. We don't need to follow other people's directions or opinions or fit a box. Sometimes we just need to look up to God and realize we're in the right place at the right time. We just have to be willing. See, Peter and John were used by God as they went about their nine to five day job. It wasn't anything special. It wasn't a missions trip or a planned witnessing outreach. Verse 1 tells us that they were walking to their 3 o'clock prayer meeting where they went regularly. Don't underestimate where God has you right now. You are there for a reason, and there are people around you that need to see Jesus. There are people around you that God has specifically designed for you to reach, for you to be used as vessels for God to perform miracles through, like Peter and John. And like them, we need to be inconvenienced. Peter and John were already on their way somewhere. They had a schedule. They had somewhere to be. But they stopped to spend time and meet the needs of this man. And see, serving God is never going to fit our schedule. And yesterday, I was literally, I was in my room prepping this message because I'm organized. And I was preparing my message. And I literally just wrote the word inconvenience. And I heard Pastor Paul say to Sally-Ann, oh, it's raining. It's starting to spit. We should go bring in all the team stuff because we had left it all outside. And I was like, oh, I should probably go help them. But like, I'm on a roll and I've finally got a point. And I want to write on it. And then God was like, you're writing about being inconvenienced. <laughs> go be inconvenienced. So I got up and, and came and helped. But, you know, sometimes serving God will be messy. It may seem like a hassle and just annoying. And honestly, sometimes we might not even feel like doing it. But if we have eyes to see the needs that surround us every day and we allow a gap in our schedule to be used by God, you never know the miracles that can happen through you or the blessing that you could be to someone. And I know I do it. I know I miss a lot of the opportunities God puts in front of me because I'm too busy to stop or I don't have the eyes to see the people right there. Give God space to use you and be ready to be inconvenienced. And lastly, to be used by God, the disciples simply gave what they had says, silver and gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. And too many of us stop after the, I do not have. I don't have confidence. I don't have many talents. I don't have lots of money. And we get stuck in the mindset that says, I have nothing to give. I'm not good enough. I have nothing to offer. But you are good enough. You are called. And you already have all you need. See, the disciples didn't have the money that the beggar was asking for but they knew what they did have. They knew the power and authority of the Holy Spirit, and they knew the power that's in the name of Jesus. And this morning, I want to encourage you that you have something to give. As Christians, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, which means we have the, the ability to give love, give kindness, give a smile, give encouragement. We have authority and we have the power to see miracles happen. We may not always have a lot in the physical, in the physical to give, that we can always give Jesus to people, people that need hope, love, and a miracle. Our school, our local cafe, our supermarket (laughs) are in the right place at the right time for God to use you. Be a part of someone's story, shifting them from a place of hopelessness to a place of hope. When we step out and allow God to use us, people see Jesus. The world is looking for genuine, authentic Christianity. Everyone today is searching for the answer. Everyone today is searching for something more than what they have, but they need to see a God that is alive. As the Holy Spirit works through us, they'll see that. After the beggar got healed, after his encounter that happened, in his daily routine, when simply a Christian took time to be inconvenienced and understood the power that was in him, he followed them into the temple. He became a follower of Jesus that day. And because of the miracle, the miracle, the rest of the community also got to see the Holy Spirit that filled with them with awe and wonder. When we let God use us, He gets seen and He gets the glory. And if the bands just want to jump up, team. And this morning, I don't know what season you're in. I don't know if you're in need of a miracle or you're in the season where you can be the vessel for the miracle. But whichever you are in my prayers, that you've received hope that God works in the everyday, that the Holy Spirit is with you in your normal routine. He is working in you and through you, that you're filled with hope that your miracle is on its way, and the Holy Spirit will meet you where you're at on your journey. Be filled with hope that you have something to give. You are more than enough, and God is ready to use you. And I'm just going to get the band to go back into Waymaker. Um, And if you want to stand with me too.